And that's the big thing that I want to get across to you is that you do need to actually be active participant in your rehab process. This is not a condition that you go to get treatment done to you and it will magically heal. This is not you go and get massage done to you. You get ultrasound done to you. You get laser done to you. You get an injection done to you and it heals. The best evidence out there supports an active approach to your rehab. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 61 on the Healthy Runner Podcast, and we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group, and it's Monday night. Therefore, we're adding a spark to your week, answering your questions on how do you fix and prevent Achilles tendon pain from hurting when you're running. So we are talking all things Achilles tendonitis treatment and prevention to become an injury-free runner or a lifelong runner. So if you are a runner who is feeling stiffness and soreness in the back of your ankle at the start of your run or going downstairs first thing in the morning, then this episode is for you. So in this episode, we are uncovering the myths and providing you with the latest research in our field on how to get rid of your Achilles pain and get rid of it for good. So spoiler alert, you won't need to stop running to start feeling better. So if you thought I was going to tell you to stop running, that's not what I'm going to tell you. All right. So first off, if you are just tuning in to this episode without checking out last week's episode, then head over to the Monday Night Spark Live Topics tab within our Healthy Runner Facebook group, or listen to the episode on the podcast first to find out what is Achilles tendonitis? What causes Achilles tendonitis? What are the symptoms? Do you need an MRI to diagnose Achilles tendonitis? And what would a medical provider do when you go to see them with this problem? So that is everything that I covered in the last episode. So go ahead and check that out if you haven't checked it out already, because you will find out the answers to those questions if you check out that episode. So I would highly recommend that you, you listen to that first. And those of you who are here on the live, can you guys do me a favor and just type in live? Let me know uh, you're here on the live. Let me know you can hear me okay. If you can hear me loud and clear, um, I'd appreciate that. I do have a new microphone here. So we're testing this puppy out for the first time. I didn't even get a chance to actually do a little test run because it's been such a crazy busy day. Um, but it's been a very, very good day. We've helped a lot of runners today. So I am super excited to be here with you guys tonight because this is always fun to do. And I love my time uh, doing this with you. Um, so I appreciate all of you for jumping here on the live. It does look like we got 10 people here so far in the live. So you guys are coming in 
strong. I'm super pumped about this one. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different episode than we've done in the past, similar in a way to some of the other running related injuries, but I I've got some latest research for you. So I've got some like updated stuff. Uh, this is going to be good. For uh, those of you who might be tuning in for your first time, uh, we've had a lot of another week of a lot of new members jumping in our group, which has been amazing. Uh, so we had like 36 runners this past week jumping our Healthy Runner Facebook community. Uh, so for those of you that don't know me, I'm Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I am a physical therapist. I'm a run coach. I'm the owner of Spark Physical Therapy, um, where we really help runners be able to stay on the pavement without aches and pains. And I also have a high touch point coaching program called our Spark back program to become an injury-free runner. So what I do in this program is really um, we perform what we call a run body performance assessment. And what I do on that assessment is I establish your current running mechanics, your movement patterns, your strength, flexibility, and then your current training plans, kind of training points and sticking points that you're having with your training. And then I really take you through four phases with specific concrete milestones where you will accomplish things along the way. So in initial phase one, we restore your normal movement patterns that your body needs for running. In phase two, we rebuild the capacity in your body to become a stronger and more resilient runner. Phase three, we retrain your new body so it doesn't break down again. And phase four is where you crush it and you get to next level performance training to crush your running and race goals. And then at the end of that 16 week period, we actually do another run body performance reassessment and really see where you're at at this point and then give you next steps going forward. So if you are actually a frustrated uh, runner where you've been training and you're having these reoccurring aches and pains, and you might've seen medical providers in the past, you might've seen one, two, three, and you're not getting the answers that you need, because they're really just treating your injury and your body part and not really looking at the whole body that you need in order to run. Um, just comment coaching if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube um, into the comment box. And I will reach out to you to see if you are a good fit for this brand new Sparkback program um, that has already been getting some amazing results with runners just like you. And I will be happy to jump on a call with you. All right. If you are listening to this in March of 2021, um, I had two slots open last week that I announced one was taken. So we got one more. So if this sounds like something that you're interested in and that, you know, you need to take the next step to really become an injury-free runner, then let me know. And we can, uh, talk about it and discuss if it, if you're a good fit. All right. So obviously, if you're listening to this after March 2021, then just inquire about availability and we can talk about the Spark Back program. So as we go along tonight, guys, I really want you to drop your questions in the comment box below. And I'm going to do my best to try to get to all of them that we can get to tonight. Um, so I want to know for those who are here on the live, how many of you have had Achilles pain before? If so, just type in Achilles into the comment box. I'm kind of interested to see how many runners who are here um, have had Achilles pain before. And then if you're a master's runner, so I didn't even know what a master's runner was before I heard that term like a couple of months ago. I actually had to Google it, look it up. Uh, for those that don't know, it is a midlife runner. So it is me right? It is probably you. Are you in your 40s or 50s? If so, just drop in master 
because you're a master, uh, into the comment box because this training is going to be for you. So if you haven't had Achilles pain, then I'm sorry to break it to you, but us master runners, that sounds like cool, doesn't it? Master runner. It's like we're the masters. Um, us master runners are, I still get like excited saying, I think I'm going to say it like another 10 times. Us master runners are really more at risk for developing this condition that I'm going to be talking about today. We're going to be going through the exact strategies that you need to do to treat this condition as well as prevent it from coming back after you get it better. So the first thing I do want to address is really everyone always wants to know is, can I run with Achilles tendonitis? So my answer to you is it is going to be very rare that I will have a runner stop running because of Achilles tendonitis. And the reason that is, is because it is rare that I wind up seeing runners in what we call this reactive or acute Achilles tendon pain or this immediate care phase. So I actually just had a runner in here earlier um, who actually was in this phase. It's like super rare. And that's because I was seeing them for another body part and this kind of crept up. So usually if you are in the immediate acute phase, most likely you're probably not seeking out medical attention because you're probably saying to yourself, I'm having some pain and I'm just going to wait and see, or I'm just going to ignore it and just hope it goes away. Like if you guys have ever been there before, just say been there because I know, I know you have, right? I, I know many runners who have been there before. Um, so it is rare that I actually see runners in this phase, but we're going to really talk about two phases that you can be in having this condition, this acute, reactive, immediate care phase. So we're talking like first five days that your pain started. All right. So this is going out for a hard run and then you have actual swelling around your Achilles tendon and it's very painful to touch and it's painful to do a single leg calf raise that we talked about in the last episode when we talked about all the signs and symptoms of having this condition. So that's the phase that I'm talking about. I'm going to knock this out of the park real quick because many of you who are listening to this are probably not in this phase because the chances that I caught you a couple of days after you had this pain is going to be extremely rare. So let's get this over with like super quick. And this is usually, I see this in a lot of cross country athletes, like right in the beginning of the fall. So the beginning of the school year, this is like the kids who didn't train over the summer, like their coach told them you should be running. They didn't run. They were hanging out in the pool too much, hanging out with friends, TikToking, right? Whatever they're doing nowadays. Um, I got a high schooler now, so I know what they do. And they did not put their training in. They did not put their running in. And then they go back to school for the first week and they start running 25 miles or 30 miles because their coach is saying cross-country athletes need to run 45 miles a week. And we have a meet next week, second week of school. So now they go out and do all this running and their bodies weren't trained for it and they get pain. So that's this reactive. Can it happen to us master runners? Absolutely. So if you haven't been training and you're like, you know what? Hey, spring fever's here, right? 
this is going to be the first week of spring. Thank goodness. Right. So we just, we just sprung forward daylight savings time. Today's the first day. All right. First off guys, cause we're recording this on a Monday. How many of you are struggling today? How many of you are struggling right now? You're like, isn't it like 10 o'clock at night? Um, Monday is always the worst day. Sunday isn't bad, but when you go back to work and you get up at like I do 4.30 AM and it feels your body's telling you, Hey, it's 3.30 AM. Um, how many of you are struggling this morning? Uh, let me know in the comment box. Those of you who are on the Facebook live. Um, I know I was struggling and I'm surprised I, I got some energy for you tonight. So I'm going to try to bring it and not collapse by the end of this training. Uh, but it always is tough, but spring is on the way, even though it did not feel like that here in Connecticut. Um, it was a feels like of seven degrees during my run this morning. So yeah, it was the layers, the winter, the double mittens. It was, I had like the whole face guard on this morning. It was not spring weather whatsoever. And it was pitch dark again. So we were back in the dark. I got my Knox gear on so I could stay nice and lit while I was running. But it was a little rough. I'm not going to lie. But I'm looking forward to uh, spring coming, warmer weather. So let's just say you're a runner that hasn't been running and you're like, spring's here. Next week, it's going to be warm. And then you go out there and you pick up your training where you left off in October, November, and you run 20 miles next week. You will get probably reactive acute Achilles tendinopathy or Achilles tendinitis. So now let me talk about the management strategies for this. Traditionally, what we've always been taught, what I've always learned, what I've taught to my students is what we call kind of rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation, or you might've heard price where it's protection, rest, ice, compression, elevation, or then there was a new acronym called police. And so there's been this evolution in how we treat these conditions in the early phase. I want to share with you a new article that came out in 2020 at, in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, BJSM. And this was by uh, Blaise Dubois and Jean-François Asculard. I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry I butchered it. But there are two Canadians. And they've come out with a new acronym that I, I think more aligns with where the literature has gone in the last decade, especially for treating... Achilles tendinopathy. So in this reactive or acute phase, they talk about instead of price, think about peace. So we use the acronym peace. P would stand for protection. So that doesn't change. And with what we're talking about protection, it doesn't mean put a cast on, put a boot on, go on crutches. No, that's not what we're talking about. It is avoiding the activities and the movements that increase your pain during the first few days after injury. So again, if you haven't been training, you went out, you overdid it, then yes, you may need to avoid running for a couple of days if you're in this reactive phase. That's a big if, right? You're going to avoid those activities. E for peace is elevation. So you can elevate the injured limb higher than the heart as often as possible, especially if there's swelling. So again, if there's not swelling, you probably don't need to elevate. Um, so again, this is going to be lying on your back foot is actually going to be above your heart level in order to help some of that swelling out. The a in peace is this is, this is new guys. This is, and this is probably going to be very controversial. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to mention it. I'm not saying that this is what you should do. 
I would recommend if you do have this Achilles tendon pain in this acute phase that you consult with your medical provider, but this would be their A is avoiding anti-inflammatories. So that's very controversial because we've always known in the acute phase of any injury, if there's inflammation, take anti-inflammatories. So now what these authors propose is that anti-inflammatories may actually reduce tissue healing and they may impair the normal stages of healing, especially if higher doses are used. So if you were taking like, you had some inflammation, you take some high dose anti-inflammatories, um, these are authors are proposing to actually avoid that. And they're also proposing something a little controversial here is avoiding ice. Again, we've always thought of ice or cryotherapy, as we call it, to be used in this acute phase of injury. And their rationale for that is that there's no high quality evidence of efficacy for treating soft tissues. So if there's joint swelling, yes, I would say ice. If you had an ankle sprain and your, you, your ankle was really swollen, then I would say ice. But for treating soft tissues, there's no high quality evidence. And their suggestion is that if you inhibit the swelling, the normal response, so when our tissues get damaged, when you get this acute inflammatory reaction to your tendon, then it actually brings in certain cells that help to clean up that area. And then you advance to the next phase of healing, which is this fibroblastic stage and collagen starts to get thrown down and the tissues start to repair itself. So they are proposing that if you impair the swelling that's needed to advance to the next repair phase, then you might get redundant collagen synthesis. Again, I'm not saying this is gospel by any means, and I'm not saying this is what you should do. I am just presenting this kind of latest paper that I thought was an interesting way to approach some of this. The other thing that I have seen, and this comes out of an article in 2017, BMJ, is topical anti-inflammatory. So maybe taking a topical NSAID or anti-inflammatory may be beneficial. And they've talked about that for Achilles pain. So that might be an option and it might be a good in-between as opposed to doing the um, oral anti-inflammatories. So now let's get a less controversial things here is we don't want the Healthy Runner podcast to be a controversial podcast um, is the C, compression. So compression, you can use elastic bandages or taping. And I actually just did this with the person I had in here with some kinesio taping or kinesiology taping. Again, I don't use kinesiology taping all the time. And if you think about your road races, you've probably seen many runners in front of you having tape all over their legs and it falling off as they're running. Um, most runners will not need to tape injuries, but in this case where you do have this reactive Achilles tendon pain, you may choose to do a little kinesio taping more to unload and add a little compression. So that, again, it's rare that I kind of pull out that tool out of my toolbox when I am helping a runner who is in pain, but that is one instance that may help help you in this phase. Again, if you're not in this phase, it's probably not going to do anything for you. Um, lastly, the E in peace is education. So your body knows best. 
You want to avoid unnecessary passive treatments and medical investigations and let nature play its role. So that's what these authors kind of promote. And I do think there is something to be said about that. We talked about last week's episode on, do you need an MRI? And the answer was no, you do not. So you do not need to go to an orthopedic surgeon. Again, if you have this condition, you do not need an MRI to determine your best course of healing. Um, just educating you in that purpose, um, in what it exactly is going on and that your body will heal and it does get better from this. So just kind of recapping um, this acronym in this reactive stage, it's peace, P for protection, E for elevation, A, avoid anti-inflammatories, C, compression, and E, education. So during this phase, our initial aim or initial goal is to really simply calm down the tissue and settle your symptoms. So the most important treatment is honestly load management. And that is avoiding going out and doing the thing that actually made this worse. So you really want to reduce the stress. So let's say it was hiking, right? Let's say you went out on a trail run, you were like Caitlin, right? And you went out for a trail run and that irritated this because you were on a significant hill and a significant incline, then you want to reduce that. So you want to reduce the stress on the Achilles tendon. So then it can manage and settle, which usually takes, you know, could be five to 10 days. And then for mild cases, you may be able to continue running as long as you're able to keep it pain-free. And maybe you're not doing hills and you're not doing speed work. So you're going out for some easy runs. So bear in mind that the tendon may take 24 hours to respond to load. So you may not know if you're hurting the tendon until after the fact, the next day, or maybe even the day after that. So you need to keep that in mind. Other treatments that may settle your symptoms during this time period is possibly offloading the tendon with like a gel heel raise in your shoe. Um, maybe doing something like a little heel um, heel raise essentially, or heel lift in your shoe, which will just decrease the tension on the tendon. Again, I would do that short-term, not long-term, but for a couple of days that might help you feel more comfortable as well as wearing a shoe with a little bit more of a heel on it, as opposed to if you're running in something like your ultras, which have a zero heel drop, then you might decide to go with something with a little bigger heel drop, which will actually take stress off your Achilles tendon. So that might be something that you may want to do um, to help decrease. I already talked about uh, kinesio taping possibly. And then the other thing I would say during this time period, definitely do not massage over the tendon where it's swollen, but definitely massage and foam roll over your calf muscle. So remember when we went over the anatomy last week, the Achilles tendon attached to that calf muscle. So treat the calf muscle, treat the fascia that connects your muscle to your tendon, all of that to reduce some tightness that will help take strain and decrease the load to the actual tendon. If you are not sure how to foam roll your calf muscle and you have not seen my kind of uh, top five muscles to foam roll as a runner, just Type in the comment box, uh, 
foam roll exercises. And I will shoot you that video um, on my YouTube channel. So, so Brian says his dad tore his Achilles uh, years ago and ended his running career. So yeah, Achilles tendon tears are not anything to joke around with. Um, those are tough to come back and um, they are not fun. So yeah, Brittany says my experience is elevation and compression is better for swelling. Yes, Brittany, you know that. Yeah. Woo. Awesome. Uh, Liz says, so then probably the same with sore muscles to not take anti-inflammatories. Yeah. So Liz, actually there is, you know, for muscle soreness and DOMS, right? Delayed onset muscle soreness. They do say it is not good to actually take anti-inflammatories. So you should not be taking that, which is actually like really funny because I, it was like totally a commercial the other day that I came across. I was, you know, whatever, had the TV on and I heard a commercial for Advil and it was like talking about us, like our healthy runner community it was like, are you basically like middle-aged and exercising? And it showed like people like getting after it, exercising. And they're like, when you're sore after you're exercising, take Advil. Um, and I was like, huh? So they're basically promoting you to like, get really sore and actually exercise, but then just mask it with some anti-inflammatories, which has been shown to actually reduce healing capacity of your muscle. So yeah, Liz, I would not take anti-inflammatories um, if you're looking to heal from a hard workout. All right, guys, so let's do this. Let's get into, honestly, what pertains to most of you, which is this subacute or chronic phase of Achilles tendon pain. And remember how we were talking about last week, it's like a misnomer because it's usually not Achilles tendonitis. Technically what I just talked about in that reactive phase, that would be an itis, right? You have inflammation. So here is where probably 95, 98% of you have Achilles pain. And it is this more Achilles tendinopathy or Achilles tendinosis, which is more of these degenerative changes that happen over time. It's not like one specific thing and it swells up. It's you start feeling some pain and it's just increasing over time. Or you might've had the reactive and now you're progressing. You're still having pain, but there's no more swelling. So maybe you're five to seven days after your onset of symptoms. And the big things here, I want to cover some educational points is that tendons take longer than muscles to heal. So again, tendons take longer than muscles to heal and they do take about 12 months. All right. So I don't say that for you to get like all down and out and depressed and be like, oh, I can't run for 12 months. Are you kidding me? Why am I listening to this podcast? Why are you telling me this is going to take 12 months? I want the quick fix because I am being honest with you. And it is important for you to know that. So you don't go around chasing the latest fad and expecting it to work because this does take time, but the strategies I'm going to talk about are going to actually help you over that time period where you can run more, you can start increasing your mileage and eventually start to add back in hills and speed work. So symptoms may subside prior to full recovery of the tendon. So what that means is sometimes you don't have pain, but that doesn't mean the tendon is fully healed yet, which means you're going to need to follow the strategies I'm going to talk about later after treatment, when we get to prevention, 
basically to prevent this from happening again. So you can further build up that strength and resiliency in the tendon. So this doesn't come back again when you start to get after it and increase your training loads again. The other point that I want to make is that pain and stiffness should not increase from week to week as you progress in the treatment that we're going to talk about. All right. So you want to make sure that your pain and stiffness is not increasing from week to week. And the strategies um, that we're going to talk about are dependent upon multiple factors. And one of the things I failed to mention last week, I don't think I mentioned this, but one of the other causative factors or risk factors for getting this condition is if you are overweight. So if you are a little overweight, that is a risk factor. So definitely thinking about strategies to achieve optimal body mass is going to be important. And think about your nutrition, right? And how important of a factor that is. We have some great episodes on nutrition for runners. So check that out. Um, our registered dietitians in the group have provided some great content on those topics. So just scroll on the podcast, uh, check out those episodes. And then also making sure if you are not able to run, that you are doing aerobic exercise. So think about walking, think about bicycling, think about swimming, stuff that is offloading your tendon, but you're still able to get some aerobic exercise, especially if you're trying to manage your weight, because that will play a role in how much load goes to your tendon. And then you want to think about footwear and shock absorbing insoles may be beneficial as well as your strike pattern with your running. So last week we talked about that those that are more forefoot strikers running on your toes, landing on your toes and not your heel, you're going to be more at a higher risk for Achilles tendinopathy. So again, if you've made a dramatic shift from heel striking to toe striking, because you heard that it's better for you as a runner, then you may, while you're healing this injury, need to go back to some heel striking to offload the tendon as well as heel drop. If you've went down right to your ultras and you have a zero drop that may be, if you have this condition, go up in your heel drop to your standard shoe again, to decrease the stress to the tendon. And you may find that it's easier for you to run with less symptoms. So you can actually still run and get that mental clarity and actually still stimulate that vascularization. I'm going to talk about in a little bit to the tendon to allow it to heal. All right. So there's some kind of education activity guidelines. And again, this stuff, guys, this all comes from the literature. Actually, this is actually a um, article that we reference a lot in the PT world. Uh, this was our journal orthopedic and sports medicine uh, journal. This was back in uh, 2015 S silver Nagel article, uh, did a great job talking about Achilles tendinopathy and how we manage this and how you don't need to be pain-free in order to actually heal from this condition. And that's the big thing that I want to get across to you is that you do need to actually be active participant in your rehab process. This is not a condition that you go to get treatment done to you and it will magically heal. This is not you go and get massage done to you, you get ultrasound done to you, you get laser done to you, you get an injection done to you and it heals. 
the best evidence out there supports an active approach to your rehab. So that is the biggest thing I want to convey to you. And going back to our friends from Canada and going back to this article that came out in 2020 and in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, right? Blaise and Jean Francois, they propose in this phase. So we talked about peace in the reactive phase and their acronym they use in this um, subacute or chronic phase is love. So we're all about love here in the Healthy Runner uh, community. So I like this acronym love. The L is the most important letter you need to know in this acronym of love because it stands for load. What do I mean by load? I mean, we need to actually load and strengthen the tendon. So I'm going to say that again, because this is the most important thing you could be doing to heal from this condition. It's to actually load the tendon and allow exercise, specifically strengthening exercise to heal the tendon. And they do this by, we call it mechanotransduction. We're adding forces through the tendon. It's stimulating collagen and it's allowing to heal. So the rationale is we want to mechanically load the tendon without overloading it to stimulate that collagen formation and aid the healing process. So how do we do this? You ask. I'm sure you asked that, didn't you? The first way that we can do this, and this is usually a great starting point, is single leg isometric exercises. So this is a great starting place to add load to the tendon. And the research has been shown that isometrics can also decrease pain as well. And we do this for multiple body parts throughout your body. If we do these isometric exercises where we're basically contracting it and holding it for five seconds, some studies actually do it longer, but I do believe it is more for like 40, like more for pain relief where they hold it for like 45 seconds. But usually for most of my clients, I give them like five seconds because I'm kind of like an impatient person too. I can't really hold more than five. Um, you might want to try 10 seconds and that will actually stimulate that muscle to contract a little bit and add some load in the tendon. This is a nice beginning level. Ideally, when you're doing isometrics, you do want to perform at 70% your maximum contraction, which is super hard to determine with your Achilles because this muscle contracts when you go up on the balls of your toes. 70% is pretty darn heavy, but it all depends upon how much you weigh, right? So it's going to depend upon multiple factors, uh, your body type, the size of your tendon, um, how big your muscle bulk is in your calf. Do you have like chicken legs like I do? And you got some uh, wimpy calf muscles, which you guys will be able to see in the exercise I'm going to share with you. But you may need to add some load, I guess is my main point and put a backpack on. And that's how we actually load or progress these exercises is throw a backpack on, add some weight in there, add some books, add some dumbbells, add some kettlebells, um, or you can even hold a kettlebell. So that's the first exercise is isometric exercises that you can do. Um, and 
The second exercise we're going to talk about is eccentric exercises, eccentrics. So this is the slow lowering phase that your muscle contracts. And this is theorized to disrupt the abnormal collagen cross linkages. So it's like your tendons trying to heal, but it's like healing abnormally. And you got these cross linkages in the tendons. Now, there are two different ways to do this. There are multiple studies that have looked at various protocols on how do we actually do this eccentric calf raise exercise. You can do heavy load, slow speed, where you do concentric, which is when the muscle shortens. So that would be rising up on the ball of your toe or a heel raise. You go up for three seconds and then you slowly lower for three seconds. So the slow lowering is that eccentric phase. So you can do this with two legs to start and then advance to single leg. So that would be coming up. These are like tempo kind of coming up and then slowly coming down. So taking three seconds to rise up on the ball of your toe, taking three seconds to lower down. How do we do? So the other types of protocols out there are eccentrics only where you would do rise up with two legs, lift one leg up, and then slowly lower down on the affected side, on your painful side. And that slow lowering would be that eccentric. All right. And that's taking like three seconds to lower down on that eccentric phase. So there are different types of exercise prescriptions, progressions in general. I'm going to give you some general guidelines. However, I would highly recommend that if you have this condition that you see your local running medical provider, or you see an online running physio like myself, um, because this will vary depending upon the specific patient in front of me. But I'm going to give you some general guidelines in that you can start with two sets of 10 repetitions, and you actually perform this twice a day. So most of these protocols are, are done with a lot of repetitions, meaning you're doing them frequently throughout the day or multiple times a day. And then you're doing them like every day of the week. Um, and then progressing to three sets of 15. So the other progression I want to go over with these heel rise exercises is standing on the floor first and foremost, and then maybe doing that for a week or two, and then progressing to standing on the edge of a step where you're allowing your heel to drop lower than the level of the step. So that would be like weeks three and four. However, I do need to mention, remember last week we talked about two different sites. There was that mid substance, mid portion of the tendon. And then we were talking about the insertional right at the bone and you might have that bone spur. So if you have it right at the bone, do not go lower than the stair height, only go to floor height. That is what most of the research shows. And I can tell you from clinical experience, that's usually what most of my patients tolerate. So if you have that rare, it is more rare to have that insertional site, then do not do it hanging off the edge of a step. You will most likely irritate the heck out of that thing. All right. Or that Achilles tendon. I don't know why I said that thing. Right. So you want to start on the floor, progress to the stairs, unless you have that insertional Achilles tendon pain. All right. Right at the bone. Now let's talk pain. When you do these specific strengthening exercises, 
is it okay to have pain? The answer is yes. As long as you're in this phase, you're in the subacute or chronic phase. You're not in that reactive phase that we talked about earlier. It is okay to have pain in general on what we call a numerical pain rating scale. So how you judge it is very subjective. And a lot of people have trouble judging, right? But you want to think on a scale from zero to 10, zero being no pain, 10 being the worst pain imaginable, three, you want to keep it a three or less. Again, depending upon the patient, I might tell them a four or five because I, I'm seeing them and I can monitor their response to treatment. I can monitor how they feel after their runs. I'm making sure that they're improving over time and we're making and pulling the right levers and making the right decisions. But in general, as long as your pain is less than a three, that's totally fine. And it's almost expected to have some soreness with these exercises because the whole goal is to add that load and stimulus to the tendon to allow it to finally heal. So now if what I've just talked about is super confusing and you want to actually know how to perform these exercises, I am putting together all of the exercises I just talked about into a snazzy little video of you, uh, of not of you, a uh, little video to help you be able to perform these on your own. So if you want that video and you're here on Facebook or you're watching this on YouTube, just type into the comment box strength exercises, and I will get you the exact exercises. So there's actually seven exercise progressions I give my patients with this condition. And really it goes through how to do single leg calf raises or heel raises. You'll hear multiple people call it different things. These kind of single leg heel raises with the isometric hold and then single leg calf raises or heel raises, slow lowering only. So that's the eccentrics, single leg calf raise with weight shifts. So that's another way to add load, double leg calf raises, single leg calf raises up and down, the heavy slow resistance. And then the last, last progression, which I love this one. So I've just learned this one the last couple of months is a leaning wall, single leg calf raise. So this, your ankle is actually flexed like it is when you run, especially when you run hills. So this makes the most sense to me. If I want to strengthen that last phase to get my tendon more resilient for running, then I need to do it in the angle and the position that my tendon is when I run. So that's this leaning wall, single leg calf raise. Now I will give you guys the caveat. Like I put these all together in one video for Achilles tendon pain, but you need to make sure that your pain is staying less than a three. And I'm going to tell you, you might not be appropriate to do the exercises, all the exercises that are in there. And I would never give them to someone to do all of them at once. I would start, it's kind of a progression. You start for a week or two at the isometrics. If everything goes well, you're dancing, you're feeling better. Then you progress to the next exercise, which would be eccentrics only. If all that goes good, then you progress to the next one and so on and so forth. Okay. So I'm going to give you that caveat. This is not a exercise progression that you should do all in one shot. And it might not be appropriate if you do have pain. So then again, I just stress the importance of you seeing a medical provider that can fully evaluate you and properly diagnose where you are in the stage of healing so you can get the right exercise for you. But 
all of these exercises, guys, this is fairly new within our profession and what we know about tendons, because there has been a lot of research done on tendon healing in the last decade. So this stuff is like stuff I didn't receive in PT school um, when I went. So this is like the new stuff that I'm sharing with you. And Gene, I will definitely get you those exercises. Brittany, you're getting them. Kat's getting them. Roger, you're getting them. Um, they're going to be very helpful for you. So now, remember when I was talking about that acronym LOVE and L standard for load? Let's go through some of the other letters during this phase. O stands for optimism. Really that you're, you need to condition your brain for optimal recovery by being confident and positive that this will get better. And we know that being pessimistic will affect your healing. So the brain's a very powerful thing. You need to be optimistic. This will get better. It will eventually heal. It does take time though, as we talked about before. The V stands for vascularization. So you wanna think about continuing to add in circulation to the tendon to promote that healing. So again, this is where like, it wouldn't make sense to ice during this phase because ice actually causes vasoconstriction and decreases blood flow to the tendon. So we want to actually promote that. So you want to choose pain-free cardiovascular activities to increase blood flow to the area to repair the tissues. So this would be further supporting either running as long as it is a three out of 10 or less, or perhaps maybe a four, right? Or if you can't run, then this is where you're cycling. This is where you're um, maybe even doing the elliptical, maybe swimming, maybe walking, doing any of those cardiovascular activities is going to bring vascularization to the tendon to help facilitate healing. So movement is good. Activity is good. The E in love stands for exercise and really exercise. We're talking about restoring mobility, strength, what we call proprioception or neuromuscular control or balance, right? Just sensing using those small muscles in your foot and ankle really have stability. And that's super important for you as a runner, right? Stability on one leg, we know that. And taking an effort to your recovery, really treating you as a runner and not just treating your Achilles tendon. So again, when you go to rehab, you shouldn't be just like focusing on the tendon. It's everything above that, that is going to help you heal and become a stronger runner. So really going back and addressing everything we talked about in our spark blueprint, right? Or five tips for healthy running, right? To run strong and healthy, going back to all those hip muscle strengthening exercises. Even if you were in this reactive phase of Achilles pain, you can do all those exercises for your hip muscles, which is going to be make you a better runner and take stress off your Achilles. So then you can be stronger when your Achilles heals. So you need to be doing all of those things. So again, when you have this pain, that doesn't mean like you don't do anything and you're like, woe is me. I have this pain. And my doctor said, just stop running and don't do any exercise. Just do ice, rest, compression, elevation. Like, no, 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 that is very outdated. So what I'm presenting today is the latest based upon the evidence, right? There, it's not that you did too much, that you ran 10 miles and now your Achilles just couldn't handle it. It's because you didn't build up the capacity in your tissues to be able to handle 10 miles, right? Because then if it was just overuse, every single ultra marathoner would get Achilles tendon pain, right? And not every single one does. 
because some train properly and build up the resilience in their tissues so then they can tolerate it, right? So that is the big, the big really theme I want to convey to you. And hopefully it makes sense. That is the treatment. It's all about love in our subacute and our chronic phase, which is most of you who have this pain. Again, you've had it for weeks, you've had it for months and it's not going away. You're in this phase. You gotta think about loading, optimism, vascularization, and exercise. So now let's talk about prevention, guys. For those of you that don't have this condition and you're listening to this, first off, kudos to you because you are just wanting to educate yourself and you're wanting to be proactive in your care as a runner because you want to stay injury-free as a runner and you want to run for the rest of your life, right? You want to be a lifelong runner. If you want to be a lifelong runner, just type in lifelong into the comment box because I know that's me. Like That's why I do what I do. That is why I want to share this information with so many of you because I want to be a lifelong runner myself and I want to know how do I prevent Achilles tendonitis? And I've been doing that actively for the last decade. I've been doing that, right? So I'm going to talk about that right now is how do we prevent it? And if you've had it in the past, you're more at risk for developing it again. So how do you prevent it from coming back a second time, right? Or getting another flare up. So first thing for prevention I'm going to talk about is avoiding doing too much too soon. So these, what we call spikes in training load. So we know that the majority of these running related injuries, right? That we've talked about in the past, plantar fasciitis, runner's knee, IT band pain, hamstring tendon pain are usually attributed to spikes in training load and training errors. That's why we need to train smart with proper progression. As we talked about as the fifth tip in our blueprint. Um, so you want to think about, especially pertaining to the Achilles tendon is speed work and hills. And again, this is so common and we've had many people in our team healthy runner program right now who wanted me to build into their plans intervals and they wanted hill repeats. And I'm like, wait, what are we doing here? We're building up our mileage. You have not even run double digits in like four or five months. We need to build up your mileage first before we add in speed work. All right. And then remember the progression. We talked about this in our three types of runs um, episode. So talking about the different types of run, easy runs, threshold or tempo runs, and then intervals. I broke all those down, what those are, how do we do them? What's the progression? We talked about that in that episode, but especially for the Achilles, you don't want to be doing speed too much too soon, as well as adding in hills, because the hills will put your foot at more of an angle I'm going up the hill and that puts the stress right at the Achilles tendon. All right. It's going to be more load. It's in a stretch position and it has to work harder. So it's more force load to the tendon. So you want to think about that. It puts a lot of demands on that tendon. And that's really what it's all about is adapting your tendon. So you need to build up the strength and the resiliency in it before you can start to add in hill work and some of your speed sessions. So that's one thing that kind of prevented is avoiding doing too much too soon. The other things is the lifestyle factors. I mentioned whether or not you're overweight. Um, again, how much can you, how hard can you run? If you are overweight and maybe you haven't been doing the strength exercises that I recommended, then 
it makes no sense for you to actually go out there and do hill repeats because you heard it's a really hard workout and you want to burn more calories. Your tendon is not going to tolerate that, right? So you want to think about those lifestyle factors on reducing weight management or, you know, doing weight management and nutrition is a huge part of that. Think about your stress levels. Think about sleep. <laughs> um, again, daylight savings time. Hello. Uh, we're all like a little kooky this week um, with sleep, but all of those play a factor in uh, preventing Achilles pain from coming back. And then also becoming a strong runner by training like one, right? So strength training and jump training to run. If you're not doing those, then you're going to be more at risk for developing Achilles tending pain. And that's why in our healthy runner strength program, we have specific calf and Achilles exercises to help build up the strength and resiliency. We do it for endurance. We do endurance calf raises in phase one. We build that up because I talked about that last week that all runners should be able to do 25 heel raises. And if you can't, then you need to train like that in the gym you need to do, or in your home, you need to do off the edge of a step, as many calf raises as you can do. You might only be able to do 10. You might only be able to do 12, 15, right? So that's kind of common if you've never done these before. But after a couple of weeks of training, you will see, you will eventually be able to get up to 25. And you do that with the knee straight as well as with the knee bent. If you need that exercise, it seems pretty self-explanatory, but I do have a video of that, of how to do single leg calf raises with the knee straight, knee bent. Um, if you need that video, just type in single leg calf raises into the comment box. I will send that to you. And then the other one, another fan favorite of mine, this is kind of new, I've discovered it um, in these past couple of months. My new fan favorite is to do one leg strengthening your soleus muscle. So that's the one with your knee bent. And then the other one with your knee straight, which is more of that gastroc muscle, that's the outer muscle. And I like to do these in an alternating fashion. Great exercise. You can do this with a kettlebell or a dumbbell on your thigh. And if you want that video, just type in kettlebell exercise. I'll know what you're talking about. And I will shoot you that video because that is my new fan favorite that I do on a weekly basis in the gym is to do that exercise to build up the strength and resiliency in my Achilles tendon so I can tolerate running in a shoe with a lower heel drop. I can tolerate adding in speed work, and hopefully adding in some hill repeats. Where are we now? We're in like March and hopefully May. So that's kind of my plan is to eventually add in some hill uh, repeats starting in May and in the summer, really getting after it with some hill repeats. So that's my progression. And if you want those exercises, then I will be happy to send them to you. But that is key is becoming stronger runner. And then also guys, plyometric training. So if you're not doing jump training, we have a specific in my level one plyometric routine for runners. There's one exercise that highlights and stimulates the calf muscles and the Achilles tendon. They're called wall jumps. You just tap a wall and you pop, pop, pop at your ankle. And that really is Achilles calf focus. So if you want that video, I'll send you this four exercises, what I call my level one plyometric training for runners. Um, just type in level one jump exercises in the comment box. I'll shoot you that video. I'm giving away exercise videos left and right in this episode because I want to help you guys. I told you I was not holding anything back today. 
All right. I'm giving it to you all. I'm giving it to you all today. I want to give you these tools to help you. Um, some of the other things that you want to consider for prevention is also strengthening the whole entire leg. So your hip muscles, especially your glutes, um, and even your hamstrings. So the, what we call the posterior chain, the back of your leg muscles, that's important. And then also consider changing possible strike pattern or footwear. Possibly. Again, I'm just saying consider it, especially if you jump down to a zero drop shoe, like these ultras here that I have. I do all my strength training in these, by the way. I have not run in these yet. Maybe eventually one day I'll be able to do that. But I explained to you in last episode, I've been gradually weaning down my heel drop in my shoes, really taking it slow, allowing my body to adapt. I need that tendon to adapt and continue strength training, jump training. And then I'll be able to withstand the load to eventually hopefully be able to run in these one day, right? We'll see. I don't know. And if I can't, that's fine too. I'm okay with that. But I want to see if I can do that because these will put more stress and force on your Achilles tendon. Um, so you want to think about that. And honestly, I think that is everything I have for prevention and the other thing, actually, lastly, I will mention is the flexibility issue in your ankle, in your calf muscles. If your ankles are stiff, your ankle mobility is limited in the clinic. We can manipulate that, mobilize it. You might do soft tissue work, but then doing yourself foam rolling, doing stretching. Again, I don't recommend a lot of stretching for areas of the body and runners, except this muscle, the calf muscle that is usually tight on a lot of runners could be a contributing factor to your Achilles pain. Again, in the acute reactive phase, heck no to stretching, no stretching, do not stretch. If you're in this phase, we're talking subacute chronic, as long as it's not making you worse, then go ahead and stretch it out. However, the caveat being that insertional tendonitis in the heel bone, do not stretch below step level. That could irritate it. All right, guys. So we are getting to our final stretch of this episode here. And I'm going to say my biggest misconception of getting rid of Achilles pain is that there is no quick fix um, or magic bullet. And I'm sorry if you tuned into this episode because you were looking for the quick fix or the magic bullet. There really isn't one. And I'm not going to lie to you. This does take time and you need to be active in your recovery with the specific out exercises we outlined. There is no injection. There is no surgery. There is no, you need to take an active approach, use the strategies of peace and love that we talked about in this episode, and you will be able to continue to run and get better over time and notice that you are able to do more running as you go along. All right. So if you found this talk helpful, guys, please just, if you're watching this on Facebook, like shoot me a couple of hearts there, throw me up a little like thumbs up. Um, that will just help this video be able to reach more runners just like you. If you found it helpful, maybe they'll find it helpful. We can help more runners out, right? That's what we're all about is just helping more runners be educated, get this information. Like I said, this is like newer research stuff that's going on in our rehab field, in our, um, you know, sports medicine field, working with athletes and you guys are athletes. Like I'm an athlete. Like I want to be able to really push my body to the limits. 
And hopefully this stuff was helpful for you. And this is what I really work on with the folks who are in my one-on-one -on -one coaching programs is I'm able to troubleshoot with them because like it's normal for your body to feel some aches and pains. If you're an athlete, you're pushing stuff, but where really a good run coach PT can come in handy is to be able to know when your body is normal adaptation process versus is this an injury that I'm just making it worse, right? So that's where some one-on-one -on -one help can be super beneficial. Um, so if you are struggling with Achilles pain that I mentioned and want to learn more about how I help runners kind of with this um, condition, whether it's through my in-person clinic right here in Hamden, Connecticut, or through virtual visits, I see people all throughout the world, or a high-touch coaching program that I mentioned before where we really attack all three elements, your run plan, your strength plan, your rehab, prehab plan, and then provide you the accountability and support um, that you need. And I was actually just talking to one of my uh, coaching clients today, and she said that that's been key is that one-on-one -on -one, um, accountability and support to know um, which levers to push, to know if it's okay to you know, run this threshold run that I have on my calendar, if I'm feeling this ache and pain. So that's what we do. Head over to sparkyourtraining.com, hit the inquire about availability and cost button, and I will reach out to you. Remember, if you are listening to this anywhere else, but Facebook, this is where it happens live. So show up, ask your questions, and um, that's what we're here for, to help you. And we got a whole coaching team that is here to help you within our Facebook community. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, join our community. You'll get a bunch of bonus content, bonus videos, bonus blog posts. So some great information and a supportive community. So we have the best community out there. I think the best running community out there on the interwebs. Um, so check it out. And thank you for those that listen on the podcast. Um, as always like share it with a friend of yours who might be struggling with Achilles pain, because again, the information I shared with you is, is not readily shared out there. And a lot of blogs, when you Google this condition, it's still a lot of outdated. Trust me, I did it. Um, it's still a lot outdated kind of rest, ice, stop running information out there. So this is the newest, the latest, the greatest. I'm trying to bring it to you. Research is always, is always ahead or um, sometimes it depends. Sometimes clinical practice is the head of research and the research lags behind. Then other times clinical practice actually lags behind the research. Um, so I'm trying to bring that information straight to you, the public. And remember every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule so you can get your questions answered. Guys, thank you again. Happy daylight savings time. Hopefully we'll, our bodies will readjust this week. And as always, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training. 
and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.